0: Good morning, listeners. I guess it's morning. Well, actually, Lisa, since we have so many people who listen on the um, coming in from the, from the backups, um, I'm not sure it's morning or afternoon when people are listening, but for, for you and me, it's morning, I suppose. It's, it's one of those days. I'm not really sure why, but you ever have those days when you get up and you start working and... You just feel like somebody hits you right on the end of the nose.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And you're just in a daze the whole time. <laughs> well, it's one of those days for me. I, I don't know if it's because our weather has changed dramatically. We're supposed to actually have some snow this week at the end of the week, which, you know, we had 70 at Christmas. We're going to have snow now. But, um, and then we, you know, I had the transition meeting here last week with uh, the new officers and then all the other stuff going on with the travel and what have you. I guess I'm just... Getting old, I don't know, but anyway, we're gonna we're gonna uh, talk about what we always want to talk about, one way or the other, and that's really what this show is all about too—is promoting the profession and promoting our national society. And we we made a good selection a year or so ago, maybe been I don't know, gosh, maybe close to two years now to have uh, Lisa Van Horn as my guest today. By the way, for for listeners, welcome, Lisa. Uh, to to take charge of uh, our public relations efforts, and uh, we've we've begun to do some good things. Lisa and I know some of your ideas are now beginning to come to fruition a bit. So that that's a good thing. Hopefully, we can build on that moving forward, and and making sure that we get the word out much more so than we've ever done in the past. We've we just opened our. Have you tried the the new website yet?
1: Yes, I have. Looks very nice.
0: Did you get confused? <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting emails from people because, you know, the way our dues structures work, we've got like four different dues renewal dates because it's based on when the states collect their dues mm-hmm. in the joint membership program. And so if, like for instance, my dues come through the Virginia Society, which my that's a January 1 through December 31st membership. And the membership program set up so that the state societies don't have to send us the money for two or three months, three, three or four months, actually, I guess, uh, after they collect it. So what that means is in our system, people like me today show up as non-renewed because my renewal date is passed and we don't have the money yet. <laughs> Functionally here, we don't ever even think about that because we know the money's coming, so you know, everybody stays on the records. But in this new website we've got, if your due date is passed, it, you get this red letter thing when you go on the website that tells you that your your dues are expired, so we're getting people concerned about that so we're we're scrambling around trying to figure out how to rearrange that message and I guess that's a good topic to talk about since we're talking about p r today mm-hmm. um, it's it's frustrating because you know you go to a new system and everything you want everything to work well and and it will i mean it's just one of those things the way it's set up and we've had a long time talking with the people we set it up with about this fact that you know we have these staggered dates that come in and the dues don't always show up before the end of the you know before the the renewal date comes and or they don't any don't ever actually come before before the due date comes and so we're we're dealing with all that today, maybe that is contributing to my punched in the nose feeling I'm not sure um. But we're hoping that the that the new website, as we move along, I, I I like it. I think it's a good good website, and like with anything else, you're going to have functionality issues in the beginning. So we'll get worked through all of those. But uh, we're uh, it's just something that we have to have to deal with. So one of the things that we just began to be able to do, and this was came through through your committee. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. In years past, years ago, we had some big old booth stuff that we sent around, and those things were big and bulky, about six feet tall and three feet wide in the carrying case, and we were shipping those all over the country, trying to spread them out amongst our, back in those days, the area directors, and um, some of them got lost, some of them never got sent back, and so when you guys got started, you were thinking of something different, and that's when we started looking at the banners, so... Maybe you can talk a little bit about how all that came about.
1: Well, I started where I had um, with personal collection of the land surveyors' ads. I went around to a couple of the adjoining states conferences, and I noticed at the adjoining states conferences that NSPS was not there at all. And part of PR, I think, our first option or first obligation of PR is to be able to let our members know what we're all doing for them. I mean, if we can't communicate with our own members well, they're not going to understand all the wonderful things that NSPS does do for their membership. So my idea was that we need to start having, you know, we got area director, we don't have area directors anymore who used to do fill that void. We don't have them anymore. So all of our uh, directors from each state are now going to have to take on that responsibility. And we had looked at the logistics of mailing all that type of stuff around and thought that if we could just get the materials and a nice banner to say you know, that who we are and get a booth to have people actually working in, in, in those booths and get one smaller package to each state so that they always have something there. And the other side of that also was I was looking to hopefully have um, adjoining states work each other's booths. For instance, I'm going to be going to Illinois. I'm from Wisconsin. I'll be working in uh, Illinois' booth. The Illinois director will be coming up and attending our conference and working the booth there. Because of a lot of our area directors are extremely involved with their state organizations, and that's why they're involved with the national level. It's because they're already so involved that they really don't have the time at their own conference to sit in a booth and talk to their membership. So we're trying to do a little bit of um, exchange of people to have those people there because we used to have the area directors at all of our conferences. And we just don't have them anymore.
0: Yeah, and so we I think that to be
1: able to get out to our, our membership what we're doing for them.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really great idea too because regardless, seeing a different face, even if you're even if your in state director is active and and has the time, you know act, NSPS active. I mean, which most are, but it's just nice to have somebody else there. And one of the things I like about what you're doing now. Is that when we had area directors, they had what they were three-year terms, I believe, and each one had responsibility for five, six, seven states, whatever the case was. And it, it's nice to have different faces and different people to talk to from time to time. I think I, mean, I think the area directors did a really great job. It was a big burden on them, as you as you know, mm-hmm. uh, to try to get everywhere. But it's also nice to like you're going to. You said you were going to. Did you said you were going to Illinois.
1: I will
0: be going to the Illinois conference yeah and and but you've got you, you still kind of have that Great Lake regional kind of group that kind of informally exists I guess now but uh, sharing around with each other and going to different places over time I, I think that's a great idea too because you all get to see what's going on in the different states and then they get to talk to different people on a regular basis as well.
1: Yeah, I think, it, you know, it promotes more exchange of ideas back and forth when you get to go to the other conferences and see different things. You know, in a lot of the states, they do exchange their presidents, go and see the other conferences. But they're, you know, again, tied up and you can't do everything. I mean, for, you know, Illinois and Wisconsin and Michigan and Minnesota all run conjunction seminars at once, and we have big groups. We, you know, our groups could push a thousand people you just can't talk to everybody and this way when you get around to all the different conferences you bring back different ideas you learn different pr-, um, PR projects that they're doing as well and those exchange of ideas i think is a huge benefit to all when you can start exchanging different ideas
0: yeah i think so too and and it's i think it's good for just the normal members who are at the, the conference to have somebody they can go to talk to if they've got some sort of a an issue or a question or one of the things that that i always found still do as i'm traveling around is the ones of us who get really active in the state and national organization are really in tune with it in terms of you know being on board but even today you know you still go to places and find folks who really want to understand better what we do and just being able to have that face-to-face con- uh, conversation with them i think is a good thing
1: And I think the other bonus to that is is if we travel around to different states all the time, everybody's got a little bit different priorities and interest. where I'm focusing a little bit more on the national level with the PR. Somebody else might be focusing a little bit more on the government affairs or member benefits. And then by traveling to different states and exchanging and not always going to the same state and having that same person there, you get to find out all the multiple different things that NSPS is really doing for you.
0: Yeah, that's very, very true, And, and you're right we we tend to get involved in one aspect of what's going on and oftentimes stay right with that one thing for a, for a, a long time which is not a, a bad thing because it means we have some some uh, longevity there but, but you're right having different people come who are involved in different aspects certainly makes a lot of sense to share their perspectives on, on that part of what we're doing with the same people who somebody else talked to the year before and hopefully as time goes along we'll be able to to share the message broadly with, with everybody.
1: Absolutely. And the other thing that it does is, not that it's the most important thing, but it's also a cost-saving for us to be just exchanging with adjoining states instead of having our area directors fly in and do the different things if they're traveling a little bit too, you know, farther. Like for us, we have large lakes in between, you know, some of our states. So at times it is a fly or bad weather driving. So. If, with it being a little bit closer, it does definitely does help out a little bit on saving those expenses.
0: Yeah, I'm beginning to think about that a little bit right now, as the as time is creeping up on me. With I'm going to be going to the Minnesota conference and and participate in that in the Young Surveyors thing for a day or so, but then I'm driving, or actually I'm flying over to Rhinelander and then driving up to Bessemer to John Matan's retirement party, and. Mm-hmm as I, as i look at the weather and know what time of the year it is um i'm i'm becoming more nervous about whether i'm going to make it in the <laughs> in driving
1: or not well just you said you feel like you got punched in the nose this morning um right now our current temperature is 6 below with a wind chill advisory of 20 something below oh jeez so i'm a little frozen yet this morning <laughs> <laughs> that that tends
0: to curtail going outside to do stuff doesn't it
1: yes it does <laughs>
0: And we're we're certainly not that bad. Although we do have wind chills down around zero, but or we did early this morning. But it's it's not the same thing, and it's what you guys have had. and I think that part of it that's hurting us so bad is because it's been so warm here so far.
1: Yeah, us too. We had a very very seasonable fall.
0: Yeah, we. I was as I was driving to work today, I was reminded again. It was just around daylight, but there's one area along one of the country roads I drive along where the fields. During that warm period, the the grass not, not the grass but the crop grass like soybean type things has started to grow again. It's green, and here we are in, in January. And I don't know how, what impact that's going to have in the long run on on the crop fields when they die back down. And you know they're going to get confused. I guess I don't know. But it, we saw trees budding out. You probably did too. It was just amazing during the during the December in particular.
1: It was warm for us, but not quite that warm.
0: Yeah, well, I, I forget you're you're quite a bit further up the latitude chain than <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we are.
1: That's we didn't sure. have 70 at Christmas. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, um, well, it's just one of those things. Well, we are we got about 10 seconds, so we're going to go to break here in a little bit. We'll come back and we'll pick back up on some of the things NSPS is trying to do for PR as we're moving through the year. So let's go to break. I don't know where you'd like to go next. I, I do want to talk some about the, the video.
2: Attention, oh. surveyors. Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next-generation magnetic locator the Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products the sensitivity and precision of the GA 52 CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA 92 XT contact your dealer for details or go to www.Seanstead.com Seanstead the best just got better did you miss the show that you
3: really wanted to hear All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you
4: like. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not... Get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to QuickState.com. that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for Quickstakes today.
2: Want to know if your Shonsted locator is still under warranty? Go to shonsted.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com.
3: You're listening to America'sWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
0: As we were going to the break, Lisa, we were talking about uh, different type things, and uh, you you wanted to talk a little bit about National Surveyors Week, which is a big deal coming up, and and so I'll let you pick up with that.
1: Well, uh, National Surveyors Week is just a wonderful program that does many different things for us. One, it makes people aware of who we are and what we're doing, and celebrates, you know, the long history of our um, profession. The other thing it does is it's also helping out the surveyors in general if they're going out and collecting points that have good vertical control on it and submitting that to NGS. It also helps out with us creating our geoid models and stuff. So this is a really a fantastic win-win project that both helps the surveyors with their, you know, letting people know who we are and what we do and how important our role really is in the society, but it also helps us out with our own self because in some states, Wisconsin, we're extremely fortunate that our geoid model is very good and we've got pretty good elevations throughout with GPS. But other areas, it's not as good. And these points are really, really important to get some people to be out there and, you know, take hours worth of observation on and send that into OPUS or, you know, it wouldn't even have to be an hour, but it just helps to be able to get those things done. And we've got a fantastic person, uh, part of NSPS, Frank Lennox, who's really grabbing this um, project by the horns and, and moving forward with it. And the week is um, March 21st through March 26th of 2016. And you don't have to be out there on a Saturday morning, you know, if there, if that's not doesn't work out for you if you've got other obligations on that day any time that you go out and observe some of these points and submit them in really does help with creating a better model for us for doing GPS surveying, carrying vertical control. So it's important to get out there and try doing some of these things and let everybody know who we are. In the past, I know we have in Wisconsin, we've set up outside of like Gander Mountains and attracted the people by showing them aerial photography. We've got some great websites that some of the You know, surveyors are used to using and know how to use, so we show them the area of photography of maybe their hunting area and talk to them about the Latin lungs longs and the use of their GPS. We've set out a GPS point out in front of the store and said these are the real true Latin lungs longs on it that the customers of the stores can go out there and stand with their handheld GPS unit and say, you know, it's not quite as good as I thought it was. You know, I guess, yeah, I can see that barrel I put in the water, but I'm not quite, you know, it's not taking me back to it exactly. And it kind of shows the errors that can be in on, you know, the handhelds that people sometimes, I think, take a little bit false, too much false security on those, especially when they're in the woods using them. So it gives them an opportunity to see just how good their equipment is working. And it does, you know, a good thing for the sporting goods store that you're working at as well because it's given an um, advantage to their, to their clients as well to see just how good their equipment is working.
0: Well, I guess it, at least it's a good thing they're saying that their equipment isn't quite as good as they thought it was. At least they're not saying yours is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: well, you know, and the other thing is by showing them the aerial photography, a lot of times that has brought work in for our surveyors that have been working the area oh. because they bring it up and they've got that personal map, and sometimes that personal map isn't as good, and then the client starts wondering, my ear stand really on. And they start thinking about that and don't want to get in a war over their protecting of their gear stands around here. So it has actually brought work in for some of our surveyors and educated the public at the same time.
0: Yeah, you were talking about the marks. That's, and I've mentioned this on the show before, with, with so many things going to satellite base now, and even even NGS data is headed in that direction, even for vertical. And uh, this whole mark maintenance thing, you know, we surveyors still like to depend on things on the ground, <laughs> Mm -hmm. And uh, so being able to to go back and find those markers and catalog them and make sure people know where they are and what the information is on them is really important, that's for sure.
1: And, you know, a lot of people, it takes two minutes if you've um, gone out and visited a benchmark to go to the NGS website and submit submit a report on that. Um, I know, back here in my home uh, state, in my home county, when I worked for the county, we went out and looked for every mark, and we found 150 marks that were said previously not to be found And nobody's submitted a um, report on those since we did that back in 1994. So, and those are important things that when, you know, it saves a lot of time when they're coming through with a project to be able to have those updated records to do that. That's good PR for us back to NGS to be able to do those and maintain those marks. So even though it's part of your everyday job, it's also still good PR marketing.
0: I think some of the the geocaching activities kind of get into that too. They're not trying to put, I obviously precise positions on them, but I think they do some recovery, from what I understand.
1: Yes, yes. And we found, um, we also had what was called the Power Squadron has done some recovery around here, but we found a lot of them that if the Power Squadron said it wasn't there, you still do want to go look for those, and even with the geocachers, they're not trained uh, professionals in the land surveying profession is be able to go off the different descriptions of some of the marks that we're used to going off of. So you still need to go and look for those marks, even though geocachers or somebody may have said that they aren't there.
0: You know, another thing for National Surveyors Week that a lot of our our state groups do, and we always attempt, not successfully necessarily all the time, to get recognition at the federal level, but a lot of the states are really successful at getting proclamations from their governor or, or, or from some other entity, but quite often through, through their governor, which I think is a good thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Frank Linnick has um, sent out to all your area directors um, a thing about uh, an example of a. Um, proclamations that was submitted that where they made, you know, did that. The state of Washington had done one. So, you know, there are many different ways to do that. And we've, you know, we're supplying the resources for you there. Just take a look at, you know, some of the emails that have been coming to you. The resources are there to do these projects. You don't have to reinvent the wheel yourself. You know, use the tools that are there and move on with them.
0: Yeah, and I think... Pointing that out and actually being on the radio show today to point that out is a is a good thing, and the fact that Frank has picked it up and doing as much pub publicity about it as he is uh, to get more people knowing about it, because um, if if we're not telling the people it's out there, then they're not going to know. And so it's it's I think he's doing a great job, and a lot of people are supporting him in it.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and it's a it's a great project. It really is. That, you know, And that's one of the things that I want to attempt with the PR as well is this was a project that was born in one state where it was done locally, spread out to the state, then it was spread out to the national. Now NGS has got involved with it. And one of the things that I really want to see us doing with the PR is we've started a um, PR award now. And what the reason for that is is we want you to submit the different types of projects that you're doing because this is an example of one small project that somebody did locally that developed into a national project that's really a good project and, you know, and working forward with it. So we're looking for the PR awards. We're looking to have those submitted by February 15th, and we really aren't even sure what we're looking for on that yet because of the fact we're not sure what everybody is doing. There could be, you know, new ideas out there that how do you say we'll submit this if we don't even know what your idea is. So. Yeah, it's kind of loose on what we're, you know, asking for and requesting, but we're asking just send in as much information as you can so we can understand what your project was so that we can, and, and you know, we can show that, put it out on the website for other states to see what you've been doing and really share that because I think communication and sharing ideas is the best thing we can do to really promote different PR projects throughout the country.
0: Yeah, that's true. And, and another thing you mentioned earlier I think that's so good about this is that, you know, for lack of a better term, it allows people to interact with surveyors in our own habitat. Uh, you know, sometimes we're we're a bit timid or uninterested, perhaps, in going and speaking to a group, you know, to a local Kiwanis club or to the local uh, county office or whomever about surveying. But this is a great opportunity to be right out there in the environment. Surveyors are in and interact with people on that basis.
1: Absolutely. And I'm sure there's other great projects that are out there, and please let us know what they are so that we you know, can share those projects with other people and get those ideas moving. It seems the hardest thing that surveyors do or can't do is PR. We're not the best at talking about ourselves. We're a fantastic, a wonderful profession, um, you know, an esteemed profession, but we really are not good about we want to just take our transit and go out in the woods and do our own thing. We don't like to toot our own horn, but at times we need to let the... It's not tooting your own horn when you're just educating the public on what our job is and what we are doing. And that's as simple as as soon as you pick up a phone call looking for a job, you know, somebody looking for a price on a job, you know, you're doing PR where every time you talk to somebody to say, you know, this, these are the types of things we have to do for you. I get a lot of phone calls where people call me and say, um, I called somebody else, and they just said this is the amount, and they don't tell me what they're going to be doing for the for the amount of money that I got to spend. And it was really refreshing to talk to you, where you actually told me what you're going to be doing for that amount of money. So it's not all about the price; it's also about education. When you do get those phone calls, so PR is done in so many different ways, and we just need to be aware of that.
0: Yeah, I agree, and this this is a, uh, one of those good opportunities. I I've kind of always been one of those folks who believe that if there's anything. Uh, worth knowing about you people will realize it by what you do but in our profession we do a lot of things that people never see us so so you know we're out there doing a, a great job at what what we're hired to do but we're not really in in people's consciousness and this is a good opportunity for us to do that I think
1: yeah, we seem to get in everybody's consciousness when we cause a problem. They feel we cause the problem when all of a sudden we stake a line, which is the title line that they didn't, you know, they weren't realizing that was the title line. So usually when we're being talked about, unfortunately, sometimes it's not in a good way because we were, had no problems until the surveyor came along. Now we know where the line is. Now we've got a problem. No, know you always had the problem, and it's just been addressed now.
0: Right, yeah, so, and that's, that's hard for people to grasp sometimes because yes. it's it's in their mind it's always been a particular way, and it may or may not be what what the records show and what the evidence shows. So,
1: And that's but, not the only thing that we want the people to know is that we're the ones who came in and, you know, screwed that up for them, if, you know, for lack of better things. We're not the ones who caused the problem. People should know that we do other things and, you know, that's not our – we didn't create that problem, and that's what PR does for you when you're – set up at these different places and do different things and explain, you know, some of this stuff was done 200 years ago. Yeah, it's not perfect, but we have to follow what was done 200 years ago. We can't just all of a sudden move the whole state six miles north as we start finding errors. So, exactly, And people yeah. need to have those educational things, you know, just talking to them. We're the only people who are trained to explain those differences.
0: Yeah, and, you know, people are always talking about NSPS or state organizations or whatever, what, what do you do for the profession. I, I think for us to stress those types of things you're talking about to the practitioners themselves to become more engaged and, and, as you said, not just the identifier of problems, but someone who's going to help and assist in resolving the problems.
1: Absolutely. That's, the, that's probably the better part of our role on a job is to be able to assist and help them take care of the issues. And don't just say, you know, take it to a lawyer or say, well, these are some, you know, possible things that you can do to fix
0: this. Right. Yeah. And just it, it, that makes perfect sense. Well, we've got a, uh, several things that are going on now, and we can we want to talk about these. We have a minute or so before our break, so I don't want to get too deeply into them. But I do want to talk with you about, you know, our spring conference is coming up. We've got a lot of things going on there, got some pretty good workshops. And, of course, we're having our, our annual Capitol Hill Day Lobby Day, which is a great opportunity for surveyors to be involved. So when we come back, I, I want to talk about those things and then some of the other initiatives that uh, NSPS has going on. So we'll, uh, we'll catch up on those. We, we Oh, by the way, before we go, real quickly, um, we just got the MOU signed with West Virginia this weekend. Oh, wonderful. The joint membership. Um, they signed it at their meeting. It's coming back here to get our signatures on it uh, from our leadership. And then they will be the 48th state coming into our joint membership program. So we are really thrilled about that.
1: Fantastic news!
0: Yeah, yeah, they they've been working on it for a good while, and they've been interested. They just had some issues they worked through, and they got all that done. So it's been great. So let's go to break, and we'll be back shortly.
2: Want to know if your Shonsted locator is still under warranty? Go to shonsted.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com.
4: Quick Stakes. Four three eight zero three eight seven, or go to QuickState.com. that's q-u-i-k-s-t-a-k-e.com and order your samples ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today
2: attention surveyors shonstead announces the maggie the next generation magnetic locator the Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Schonsted products. The sensitivity and precision of the GA-52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA-92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.schonsted.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're
3: listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
0: Before we went to break, Lisa and I were talking about a number of things that we're doing the National Service Week, of course, but we're also coming up in, what, a month? Two, about two months, I guess, on our spring conference. We're a little earlier this year than, than we were last year, but being an election year, we had to move up because we wanted to be able to do our, our Capitol Hill Day lobbying day with our with our representatives and senators in, in Washington, and they're all going to be heading out from what, from what I understand. So we moved back. We were April last year. We're back in March this year. And one of the bad things about spring conferences is inevitably we're going to conflict with somebody's state conference. It's just just the way it works, it seems. But um, a big part of this whole public relations is, is the thing we do in terms of representing the profession and you can't represent the profession well if people don't know who you are. And that's why our, our government affairs program is, is so important and why it's so important to get everybody involved in that. And, and, Lisa, you know, of course, one of the main reasons we did the joint membership program was to build a stronger advocacy base so we have more people who can help with, with that end of it. And uh, so, you know, Lobby days is, is a really big deal for us.
1: And very well organized now. Um, The the new staff, John Pagliatello and his staff, have been doing an excellent job. You know, a lot of people, I think, are afraid to participate in lobby days because they're just not as versed, because that's not their, you know, uh, aisle of expertise on talking about the different things that affect us. But uh, I can tell you that I, I was nervous the first time I went because I wasn't sure about all the different topics that we'd be talking about, but now... We've got it set up so well that, you know, you're getting, you can have, we had webinars before it last time that talked about all the topics and how to talk about them. They give you pamphlets and everything to go and talk talk to your representatives with, and it's just a fantastic program that you're very comfortable when you go and do that, even if you are not a person who's really involved with the government affairs thing. And I definitely encourage every state to have somebody participating in the lobby days activities that we do because... That's what really saves us on a lot of things, especially things like light squares and a lot of the big initiatives that we're trying to move forward with, is we need to have those people's voices there. And not just on Lobby Day when we go to Washington. It's also lobbying back home, um, you know, attending local ones.
0: That's very true. And and those are the things, really. And, and of course, there's some activity that goes on all through the year here close by. and, And John and JB and those guys do a really good job on orchestrating all of that for us. But those are the types of activities where we get our name known. And when I'm talking about our name, I'm not just talking about NSPS. I'm talking about surveying. Uh, We we get our, our profession known to the legislators, and we can't take it for granted that they know who we are because we already know that not everybody knows who we are. But it is a great opportunity, and the more people we get involved in that and the more legislators who know who we are, then that's when we get called in to, to speak in front of groups of people. Just a week or so ago, um, John and I went down and were part of a, just a, it wasn't even a hearing, it was an informal group. I think there were 10 representatives there from both parties, um, and, and we were talking about uh, vertical datum and, and floodplain maps and all those kind of things. But all of that effort that goes through Lobby Day and goes through the efforts that we do get us invited to those kind of conversations, and it's so remarkable to me how much of what goes on here actually affects who we are and what we do and sometimes very directly affects us. Um, so it is it is vitally important to to do this in the right way, as, as you pointed out. And I've heard a lot of good comments back from last year. You know, for the first time last year, we had – uh, Sally over at John's place, for the most part, make all of the uh, appointments for us, and so our individual folks didn't have to do that. They have the connections with all the people, and I, from everything I heard, everybody thought that worked out really well.
1: It worked out fantastic, as far as I was concerned. It really went well. It was very smooth. I liked the way we um, before we went, we had a speaker that came in and talked to us, and I mean, just all the way around, it was very well put together along with the feedback afterwards to let people know, you know, were were the legislators that we talked to to interested in this project or that project? And the key thing that I thought was really great that John and his staff put together was saying, if I was going to talk to this particular senator or representative, that they're on these committees, and this is the topic you should be talking to them about, this is the main topic, because they really are the ones who are on a committee that could influence this one instead of talking to them about something else that maybe is something I feel stronger about you it points out who you need to talk to about the different topics to get the things moving forward because if they aren't interested in what you're talking about it isn't going to do as much good it still does good but it definitely you know is much more uh, proactive when it's actually a committee that they're working on and have you know some type of control over as they're working through the process and that's and, so
0: true because you know legislators like anybody else, they're going to be involved in whatever aspect of what's happening that they're directly involved with. You know, they're having a like you said, they have a committee assignment. So there's certain things that are going to come their way. And true, we, we could talk to our general legislators uh, about any of our topics, and at some point in time they may be taking a vote on it. But if we're not talking to the people who get it to the point where it takes a vote to begin with, then that that opportunity would never happen. So you're right. Being able to orchestrate our visits with our legislators on specific topics that they will be addressing through their committees or subcommittees is is a great strategy, and, and we, we see the dividends from it.
1: Yeah, and I mean we've experienced it back here in Wisconsin as well. Our um, who's going to be our president, our president-elect, who will be taking the office in two weeks, Emily Pierce, was along with me last year, and we talked to her legislator last year and she's received phone calls afterwards asking for information on different things where she she created that contact with that person where that's not my representative so I would not have been able to have that meeting had she not come along with us on that lobby day event so we've made that contact you know and and that's the main thing is once they know who to talk to when they've got a question that's the goal that we really want to meet with those meeting with these people you know with with our legislators you know, the other thing that you can also do is if you're having meetings back at home, don't be afraid to invite them to come and talk to you. And if they're in town, they may, even with your local legislators. Um, you know, invite them to come talk to your organizations. You know, po- politicians love to get their, you know, faces known and talk to people. And you get to sit down and talk to them as well and let them, you know, really educate them on how important our profession really is to the whole public as a benefit to everyone.
0: That's true, and, and uh, that's another benefit of the program we have now. If, if somebody in their local state wants to go talk to a, a, a legislator about what's happening here on in, in the federal side, we now have a, the capability of arming them with information that they can use for their conversation.
1: Yes. The uh, Government Affairs Group has done a fantastic job with making sure that we are fully prepared and understand what we need to do.
0: Without a doubt, that, that's for sure. Well, our, speaking of the conference, um, we're, we're doing a couple things this year, hopefully that will draw some folks in. You know, last year we did uh, sessions and we had a lot of uh, programs that were put on by folks through the, through the government agencies, and we're still going to do some of that. NGS is going to help us, and some of the other uh, organizations are going to put on some, some sessions that will be really important to our people we're also doing a couple of workshops this time, which we didn't do last year. Uh, we got Gary Kent doing a, a mock trial on Tuesday, and then he's going to do uh, an all-day session on the rollout of the new 2016 and NS, NSPS standards. So we're hoping that we'll draw a lot of surveyor members in for that um, from everywhere, uh, particularly from the, from the locals. We think we may even have some day folks coming in for that. So it's really good to have that. And, and another thing that's going on that, kind of lends itself over to our PR side, too, is uh, we have, I think the number is 13 four-year degree schools that are interested in participating in the national competition and two community college schools or two-year schools on on that side. So we're always concerned about outreach and the future of the profession and all those kind of things. So it's really encouraging to see. I think this is probably a record number. I don't remember ever having in a year when we had more schools involved.
1: And speaking of outreach with the students, um, there are many different things that we can do besides just, I mean, that program is a fantastic program, and it, it gets them out there, and I know there were some special things that were done with them last year. I know some of the students got to go see a monument, the Washington Monument, that I've never seen that I didn't know was there until we were talking about it later and that the students got to go see it. They're really welcomed with the group that are here, and that gets them talking and involved right off the bat with your professionals, their, your leaders of the of the organization, and starts to bring them in to see what the importance of that is. And if we don't get them involved right away from the start, how do you get them involved later on? So it is great to get them involved. One of the things that we've done for a good prior promotion around here is we have our business meetings. Um, some of the state organizations, some of the state chapters have their business meetings in areas where there are schools, and they've had um, different. Businesses sponsor meals for the students. So the students come, and it doesn't cost them anything to attend our meeting. They're there. We try and separate them out and have them sit at different tables. One of the things you see the students have a tendency to do is to all kind of sit together. And we as an organization and and professionals need to go up to those students. The students are nervous and scared when they first get there. They're stepping into a world they don't understand we need to be the ones to go up to them and say, you know, hi, my name is Lisa Van Horn, and, you know, I'm a surveyor from Green Bay. You know, where are you going to school? Where, you know, What are you looking at in your future? And starting that conversation up with them. I had, um, in a, last year when we had the young surveyors last fall in Ohio, I took a bunch of the surveyors and walked them, the young surveyors, and walked them around and introduced them to different people so that they got to meet those people and feel more welcome in our group. And that's something that I think um, as A group, as people, I think, in general, are not real good at saying, hey, there's somebody new here that we really don't know and making that effort to go up to them. But that's all fantastic PR for ourselves and for our profession, and it's really good for those students to get to know who we are because those might be some of the people that we want to hire coming out of school. So both students and the young professionals, we need to be more interactive with them and get involved with them.
0: I agree, and I I think one of the benefits of that, too, is Helping demonstrate to them how important that personal interaction is, and in the world we live in today, everybody wants to email or text or use Facebook or whatever is out there available, and not really have that personal interaction nearly as much as as may have been in the past. So I think it is really important to help them understand that, and particularly in our profession, it's it's the person to person business.
1: It absolutely is, and they need you know as well as the students need to put down their cell phones. And we also need to make the effort to walk up to them. If they're going to sit there and be bored, they will bring up their cell phones and start looking at their Facebook accounts or what have you. We need to interact with them and get them involved. If you want them to continue coming, you have to make them feel welcome. And that's a really hard thing for a lot of people to do. They get in there and they see another surveyor that they haven't seen in a while and to sit down and start talking to them and you kind of forget that there are new people coming up. And we really need to make that effort to be involved with them.
0: Yeah, I've noticed even at some of our meetings, sometimes uh, folks will get together with their regional group even during the board meeting, rather than intermingling with everybody else. Yep. And uh, and it's it's uh, there's nothing wrong with having having people that you want to be a part of, but there's a lot gained when you reach out beyond your your borders, so to speak, and interact with with other people.
1: Absolutely, I think you're, you're gaining so much more in your own professional level if you intentionally go and sit at a table where there's somebody that you don't know to get to know more people yep. and the more resource you have and the more people you talk to the, the better off you are the broader your vision and the, your ideas become because you understand somebody else's role
0: that's true let's go to our last break we'll be right back
2: attention surveyors seanstead announces the maggie the next generation magnetic locator The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products. The sensitivity and precision of the GA-52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA-92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.Seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got
4: better. Quick Stakes. or go to quickstate.com. that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E dot com and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for QuickStakes today.
2: Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on warranty finder in the lower left hand corner. Enter your six digit serial number and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com.
3: You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
0: In our last segment with Lisa today, we're going to talk about um, more activities that we can do in PR. And and you were mentioning a a couple in particular that uh, Texas and Minnesota have been involved in.
1: Um, Well, Texas and Minnesota have both um, decided to try and talk to the high schools a little bit more and get uh, information out there as to who we are. And I know that uh, for sure the Minnesota flyer, I'm not sure where all the Texas ones, and those are two that have been submitted to me for the PR contest, is they have student flyers that they're sending out. To Minnesotas are going to guidance counselors in the high schools to let them know what land surveying is and what we do. And I think it's just a really great it's a one-page informational flyer to say, you know, these, this is another rule that's out there. I mean, everybody seems to know about the doctors, the veterinary, the, you know, construction worker and the different things, but a lot of people don't even really know what we do, so this was just a really nice little thing that they put together. And that's the type of stuff that we're really looking to have shared is because I think that's a fantastic idea. We don't have to completely reinvent the wheel. We can look at what Texas and Minnesota have already put together, take some of their ideas, and improve if we want. If we you know change it to work with our state, maybe not improve, but change it to work better with our own particular state, and do those things that let high school students know, you know, that hey, is out there and it's a profession, and it's a good profession and it's not just a profession for men anymore. There's a lot of women that are involved with it. Very and true. You know, no, another couple aspects. of things that
0: have come along recently that I've been involved in getting some information about, there's two, two national programs. One of them is, the, the acronym is ACE. It's Architecture, Construction, and Engineering. The other one's called Project Lead the Way. And in talking with the people on both sides, on both of those, there's always an element that surveyors should be involved in. You know, maybe it's a project, maybe it's a, a, a site plan project or something, but they're looking for surveyors to come in and be part of the team at their local high school where these things are are presented, or the programs. And and sometimes it's like a year-long project they get involved in, but not that the surveyor would be involved for the year, year long, but even if it's only to go in there and show them how the information is gathered that's the basis for all of this and how important it is to understand where land boundaries are when you're designing things and stuff like that, it's just more opportunities for us as surveyors to get involved at that level.
1: Absolutely. And I've been involved with some, too, where uh, they did a three-day project at one of our technical colleges, uh, and I went down there, and it was a girls' tech day. So they asked for some of us some of women surveyors to come down and actually participate in the project with them. And they got T-shirts, and it was a camp, a summer camp, where they were there for three days, and learned a little bit about a lot of different engineering things, so I went down and worked a day with the girls, and it was really a fulfilling and interesting thing to do, so there's, you know, there's more than, there's so many different options of the way you can go about and, you know, do PR for different people, you know, I mean, I've got examples of so many different things of what people have done as good PR projects, even some of our technical colleges have done some fantastic PR projects as part of their classwork, and it's kind of shocking that our students are doing really good PR for us when some of the surveyors themselves aren't getting out there and doing some PR. Um, Some of the technical colleges I've heard have gone out and like for botanical gardens or public schools have actually gone out and just done some, you know, topo work so they can see what the grounds look like for a botanical garden or a certain area or playground. And, you know, it's not survey quality type of work, but it is, an experience for them to go out and work on a real hands-on project for the public that wouldn't be able to do that project any other way because they just really can't afford it and can't get the funding anymore. But it really taught a lot to the students about this is a real-world thing and the public benefited from it because now they've got a map that shows different things.
0: Yeah, that's a, that actually brings up um, an interesting idea. We, we should do some, some outreach through all of our channels and ask people to give us examples of projects they've been involved with along these lines, uh, what they've involved. And then we could put those in the newsletter. We could list them on the website just to show people what's going on out there, that there are opportunities to do these things. Because, like you said, oftentimes we kind of do them in a vacuum. (laughs) We we do the projects and don't tell anybody about it. And that would be a great opportunity to share those ideas all across the, the membership, I think, and give, and maybe inspire people to, to take part in those types of things.
1: And that's what the PR award, you know, the uh, public relations award project we're trying to do for the year is send us in all your things that you've done, small, large, you know, and maybe in the future we'll have to split it up to a large project, small projects. You know, we don't really know. You know, we may end up with more different categories. But that's the reason why we're doing the PR award is because we really want to you know, stress that we do want to see what those projects are. I mean, I've talked to, we found out in Wisconsin, we didn't think we were doing a whole lot of PR until we had a new PR coordinator at our level, and the first thing he asked is, everybody tell me what you're doing. And we found out that there's people out there, the surveyors are walking along a parade route for the um, Great Circus Parade, and they've got three elephants that are the small, medium, and large elephant, and they've got a grid laid out on the whole parade route and they've got some surveyors walking along with GPS equipment, and when the elephant would take a poop, they'd have to measure where that was, and they had a grid, and whoever, wherever the elephant pooped, somebody won something. <laughs> so <laughs> that's but the surveyors were out there with their equipment, working with that parade, and being involved with the parade to locate who was the winner. So, I mean, you, it's kind of astounding that we're really involved with a lot of different things on very different levels.
0: So, yeah, that's that's a little more uh, entertaining than figuring <laughs> out where somebody hit a golf shot on the golf course. <laughs>
1: yeah. But like you said, golf. Uh, right there is another example. If you know the longest, longest tee or you know closest to the pin, different contests for some of the you know um, big golf tournaments that are going yeah. on. Um, locating parts for archaeologists is another thing. Um, you know, people have done some distance checking for a cow chipping throwing contest or the pumpkin. You know, the pumpkin toss you know, where a lot of people have the can- the cannons now and they do the cabbage chucking or the pumpkin mm-hmm. tossing, getting involved with those, setting out the, the grid work. You know, um, how many surveyors have gotten involved with their police department to work on different things for, like, crime scene accidents or help them out to learn how to do those things, you know, if, they're, if they need help on a small... I know, I realize some of the big police forces have all the equipment, but some of the surveyors that I know have been involved with some different things like that and able to... Accurately locate a crime scene and working with your professional police officers, police departments on doing stuff like that. So that's good PR back to us too. That when we're getting sped by when we're in the middle of the road, the police know who we are and want to protect us as well through the construction zones and stuff like that. So everything you know, if you start talking about doing anything, doing with land you're doing PR, and that's what you really need to keep in mind is when. Every little project that you do is doing those things. Involved in uh, historical group uh, presentations is another one. Um, Here in Wisconsin, we've been involved for over 10 years with what's called a Day in the Life series at our National Railroad Museum It's back in the Civil War period. And we go there and we talk about how surveyors were the first people in before the trains were there and how that relates to today with the new construction with new highways that surveyors were around back then. But we also bring it into what the future, what we're doing today is, you know, you see all the construction going on around here. You went through some construction to get to this facility. You know, who do you think were the first people involved with that? Talking about what our role is on any type of a construction project. So yeah. we can take something old from historical, talk about how we were important then, and bring it to why we're still important today.
0: And, you know, with the, all the technology we have now, it would be great to get videos of those kinds of activities and put them on the website, highlight them in the newsletter, Facebook. I know we it's interesting on, on Facebook, the, the two things, or I guess the one thing we had that got more hits than anything else when we did that little series about looking for the oldest surveyor,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, we had thousands and thousands of hits on that. <laughs> and And it's because people are interested in human interest type things.
1: Absolutely. And if surveyors
0: are out there doing human interest-type activities, then we ought to let the world know about that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we've gotten involved with um, staking out a corn maze for one of the colleges to do the design in the corn, staking out so they knew where to cut the corn. So there's so many different ways that we can be involved, habitat for humanity um, projects. There's just so many different ways that are all just fantastic PR that it it's endless of what the different things are that you can do. And that's why we're really trying to do this award thing. I mean, even if you don't win the PR award, to submit it and let people know what you're doing, so that we can share those ideas and make them even better, if that's possible. It may not be possible. You may be doing a perfect job, but and or instead of recreating it, if the project is out there and you see what somebody else did, you don't have to come up all on your own of what type of project to do and how to go about doing it. Very so, true. And, and that's usually the hardest part is how do we get started. Well, instead of how do we get started, hey, this is what Alabama has been doing, and, you know, let's just take this as kind of a model and move off of that. I think we've done that, you know, with the Boy Scouts and some different things in the past, but we're doing so much more these days that we really need to let everybody know what we're doing and how we're doing it.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of those that are that are interactive with the general public are are just as important, obviously. Um, and and would make great press. Absolutely, but well, there we're again, run-
1: we're not real good at tooting our own horn, and we need to start doing that.
0: Yeah, we. I don't know why that why we're that way. We just always <laughs> have been, but we we do need to learn to do a better job. There's no question about that. And letting people know about our profession and what we do and how interesting it is, and we we sit and and moan about the fact that we're getting old and who's going to be behind us. Well, these are ways that we get people interested in wanting to be behind us.
1: Absolutely. You know, and there's so many different ways. I'm talking to college things with the forestry department or attending an attorney conference and letting the attorneys know how important it is to have us write the legal descriptions for them. You know, right. They do the deed, but us write it. You know, Every one of those is really good PR that makes our job better and easier in the future as well.
0: Absolutely, and, and helps people, as you said, better understand what it is we do and why what we do is so important. So yes. uh, we only have about 30 seconds left, so I don't want to get out without thanking you for joining me today, Lisa. You've got so many wonderful ideas, and I know that with your your guidance, we're going to pursue them and make the profession better, make the organization better. So thanks so much for being with me today.
1: I think we're doing a good job. we just got to let everybody know what we're doing. And that's the main goal of what I'm trying to do is get everybody to understand, you know, to share what they're doing.
0: So Absolutely. To do share. Well, thanks again. I look forward to seeing you soon.
1: Yep. Have a Take good Take care. care. Mm-hmm.
3: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.